0: Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at f one pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramay. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. My name is Mark Daly. I'm your host. And yes, another weekend, that means another race is in the bag. Three rounds of the 2020 Formula One World Championship are now behind us. The latest was the Hungarian Grand Prix, and once again, it was one of the black, silver arrows, so to speak. The Mercedes triumphing again, Lewis Hamilton winning his eighth Hungarian Grand Prix and second race of the season so far. Plenty of things to talk about on the show tonight, and guys, it's already after midnight here in Vancouver on the West Coast, i got to be up early Tomorrow. so we're going to burn through this somewhat uh, quickly, so let's uh, do this uh, right away, let's uh, get right into the results, let's go over the top 10 Lewis Hamilton winning, like I say uh, beating Max Verstappen by 8.7 seconds Max, a little bit closer than uh, you might expect, Lewis using up a free pit stop uh, right at the end uh, to switch over to, onto soft tires to claim the, the fastest lap of the race, Valtteri Bottas in the second Mercedes rounding out the podium, then it was Lance Stroll fourth in the racing point, Alex Alba in the second Red Bull. Sebastian Vettel for Ferrari. Seventh was Sergio Perez in the second racing point. Eighth was Danny Ricardo in the Renault. Ninth was Carlos Sainz in the McLaren. And tenth was Kevin Magnussen for Haas. And they're getting their first point of the year. Now over on the constructors side, Mercedes really running away with it after only three races. Silver Hours now have 121 points in the constructors. Red Bull, uh, second place in the constructors with 55. McLaren still third in the uh, constructors with 41, only one point ahead of Racing Point, Ferrari 27 points, and they round out the top five in the constructors. So <laughs> not a very good weekend again for Ferrari, but I guess by this point it's not really uh, anything that we uh, shouldn't expect, especially after Sebastian Vettel only said a couple of days ago that the uh, the new upgrades that uh, that they've uh, uh, introduced into the car. Are over the past couple of races aren't really a, a, a game changer. And again, we saw that this weekend in Hungary. So it looks like it's going to be a long season for the Scuderia. Anyways, let's uh, go now and uh, take a look uh, just at the race, uh, the, the the final classification. We'll go over the first... Uh, oh, we're actually, we already did that. <laughs> Getting uh, going back in my notes here. Like I say, it's been a, a very long day and it's late at night here. Anyways, fastest lap of the race, Lewis Hamilton... Uh, He did it on lap 70 and it was a time of 116.627. So uh, again, another very impressive uh, race uh, weekend for um, uh, Lewis Hamilton. And uh, just, well, I mean, (laughs) what can you really say? Uh, This one, at least from the point of view of a challenge from uh, for, for Lewis Hamilton, was basically over at the start uh, when his teammate uh, Valtteri Bottas, who was uh, second, uh, lining up uh, just uh, beside and uh, behind his teammate, double clutched at the start and then uh, dropped uh, down in the race order and had to fight his way back up. I mean, he did uh, quite well. I mean, he was really flying there towards the end of the race, really looked like he was going to pull in uh, Max Verstappen. But uh, Max really fought hard uh, to stay ahead of him. And uh, I mean, it's one thing to catch Max, it's another thing to pass Max, and uh, even though uh, last week at the Styrian Grand Prix of the Red Bull Ring in Austria, uh, Bottas uh, made it look uh, fairly simple after a, a really valiant uh, defense of the position uh, by Max, um, you know, a, a lap previous, it didn't uh, didn't last uh, very long, but it, it just seemed that after a while that even though the lap times are coming down over those last uh, 10 laps or so, once uh, they, they cleared the, uh, the, the traffic, that just uh, you kind of had that feeling that Bottas was just going to fall a little bit uh, too short, and uh, you could definitely tell it was getting a little bit uh, tense there in the cockpit, especially for uh, Max, who uh, said something over uh, race radio similar to the effect of, get these bleeping cars out of the way <laughs> in front of me, which I think it was uh, Danny Ricardo and uh, Sergio Perez at uh, at that point, but I mean, Max uh, really fighting hard on older rubber, might I add, uh, to stay ahead of uh, Valtteri Bottas. But anyways, uh, Bottas, uh, just being on the wet and, and damp uh, some, uh, part of the, uh, the track, just... Uh, you know he just did did not get away well and he had to say quote it was a pretty bad race for me to be honest starting second obviously he aimed to win the race I lost at the start I reacted to a light on my dash that went off I don't know what it was but something changed on my dash so I reacted to that instead of the start light so I got the anti-stall so I had to do the the start again I lost it there no problem but obviously I lost many places and made the race difficult for me fighting to the end it was pretty close with max but still good points Um, but also went uh, on to say about the extra stop that he had. I think it was worth the gamble. Yes, I think it really gave me the difference in the tire life. It didn't quite pay off today. I look forward to Silverstone, but uh, plenty again to learn from this weekend. Yeah, and absolutely, I, I agree with what he's saying. He really did lose it uh, right at the start there, which uh, obviously for, for for Bottas is uh, extremely disappointing and frustrating. Because at this point, over the last uh, two races, what we've seen with, uh, with Lewis Hamilton is that um, he's really come and uh, he's really bounced back after what was a very, very frustrating opening weekend at the Red Bull Ring at the uh, the Austrian Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Lewis uh, getting penalized for not slowing down um, uh, during the, the, the yellow flags and Q three when uh, Bottas went onto the grass and then uh, also being uh, awarded a grid penalty. All all these different uh, things that uh, that went on that just made it a very very difficult uh, uh, you know weekend for him. I mean we've seen Lewis get penalized before, obviously um, last year. Brazil uh, for the, uh, you know, the 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 incident uh, that he had uh, with Alex Albon there, but then the uh, you know to, to get through qualifying, then have Red Bull protest uh, just hours before the race, and then uh, you know he gets uh, gets uh, pushed back uh, because of that, and then also uh, when he tangled Albon later in the race, another um, grid penalty there. I mean it was a great uh, result then uh, for for Lando Norris who managed to take advantage of that five second uh, time penalty to um, sneak a place ahead of Lewis Hamilton, but just since then. And, you know, every time Lewis has faces adversity like that, he comes back flying, he's focused, he's more determined uh, forever. And although he might have these bad weekends here and there, I mean, it's still at this point after we've seen Lewis Hamilton do this year in, year out for such a long time, can we really bet against this guy. I mean, I don't want to say the championship is is over. I mean, far from it. I think that Valtteri Bottas will win races this year. But I think that just due to the fact that we are going to have a shorter season, it's going to be a sprint rather than a marathon that we'd see in usual times. We still don't know ultimately how long the actual season is going to be. We, we've got another a week off in between here before we go to Silverstone for the British uh, Grand Prix and then the 70th anniversary uh, Formula One Grand Prix on the weekend of the thir- 31st of July and then the 7th of August. Then it's uh, the Spanish Grand Prix, Belgian Grand Prix, Italian Grand Prix, and then uh, at the beginning of September. And then we go over to uh, Mugello uh, for the what they're going to call the, the Tuscan Grand Prix, second week in September, then the Russian Grand Prix at the end of September. And then who knows after that? I mean, we still have the, the US, Mexican and Brazilian Grand Prix still on the schedule. Abu Dhabi at the uh, the end of November is still uh, on the schedule, but we still don't know how it's all going to shake out. I mean, it's, it's going to be a shorter time and uh, Bottas certainly let a handful of points uh, slip away from him. But I mean, the thing is, is that uh, when you see not just the fact that Lewis Hamilton has won these uh, two races, I mean, he's dominated these past uh, two races and uh, th- this weekend in Hungary, he just didn't. Put a wheel wrong, especially in the the first uh, several laps of the race when the when the track was a little bit damp. It was just uh, a, a lot of chaos going uh, going on, uh, and until everybody had switched uh, from the entries back on to to dry tires, and then the race kind of settled down, and then the the, the race order kind of established itself. But Lewis Hamilton, I mean, he was. Um, He was absolutely perfect. Like I say, he didn't put a wheel wrong. He's just uh, drove uh, fantastically well in the race uh, today. I mean, uh, and also during uh, qualifying, I mean, smashing track records and lap records, uh, you know, like it's going out of style. And when he's driving like this, is it really, it, it, I, like I say, I, I just cannot uh, bring myself to bet against Lewis Hamilton when he's in this form. Now, uh, that having said that, in two weeks, we're going to get a, a brand new race in front of us, a brand new weekend, and it'll be uh, something to really watch and see how Valtteri Bottas responds to this. But... Again, like I say, I think that it's very much a situation with Hamilton and Bottas, like it was with Hamilton and Rosberg, minus the the, the toxic animosity and, uh, and and polarization that there was within the team at Mercedes in the Hamilton Rosberg era. Uh, the the thing is that uh, while Bottas might have his day, some tracks he might go better at uh, than Lewis Hamilton. He might, uh, like I say, win some races here and there, but just uh, over the course of an entire season, I, I just can't see him doing that. I mean, Lewis. Is still so fast. He's still just doing it weekend uh, and week out, and I really can't uh, bring myself to bet against him. Anyways, uh, time for a break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away, we'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance All right. Well, welcome back to the show. So, yes, uh, let's uh, look down the, uh, the 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 race order a little bit. Let let's uh, let's give some uh, some attention, a little bit of love to some of the other teams that uh, we don't often talk about uh, often enough here on the show, and that's uh, usually because there's nothing good or very anything really eventful from a positive uh, point of view to to talk about. And uh, one of those teams is uh, Haas. Uh, we were talking about it on the the weekly regular show just a couple of days ago. Uh, just uh, Roman Grosjean talking. About uh, you know he's uncertain about his uh, position within the team, and in fact uh, what uh, what his plans are in F one and uh, whether or not they're going to stay in it in the in the long haul. Anyways, uh, they, they had a pretty decent race uh, today, and uh, they managed to get one car into the points. Uh, K Mag uh, came home with one point uh, for P ten. He could have uh, been uh, in P nine, but uh, both the. the Excuse me. Has cars were uh, penalized with a 10-second po- uh, time penalty uh, because of instructions that they received on the formation lap uh, before the start of the Hungarian uh, Grand Prix? So, uh, what they did, uh, the team uh, called both uh, K-Mag and Grosjean into the pits at the end of the uh, the formation lap to make a switch uh, to slick uh, tires after they were going to initially start um, the, the the race on intermediate or wet uh, tires. So, um, what uh, they did uh, that, that it actually brought them up as high as third or fourth in the in the field once everybody had uh, switched over to uh, to slick tires and uh, they, they just uh, kept trucking on uh, all, all race long anyways uh, there was an investigation um, that was uh, undertaken by the stewards uh, after the, uh, the 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 race uh, the, and they were just uh, they were looking over uh, specifically article uh, 27.1 of the sporting regulations that uh, states uh, quote driver must drive the car alone and unaided end quote and um, this uh, limits the amount of uh, radio instructions drivers can receive in the car. And so they met with the representative uh, of the teams, and, and then the stewards did rule that the team had uh, breached uh, the, the rules regarding uh, driver aids. Anyways, uh, there was a bulletin that was uh, released uh, by the uh, the FIA that said, uh, quote, having uh, considered the matter extensively, the stewards determined that the team instructed the driver to pit. The team could not prove that one of the exemptions was made under paragraph A2A to G of the Technical Directive 011-7. Was applicable. Therefore, the stewards considered that uh, there is a breach of Article 27.1 of the sporting regulations that the driver must drive the car alone and unaided. End quote. So, well, that, uh, that is a, well, it was a brave call and ultimately it, it paid off. But, uh, if, uh, Magnuson had, uh, not been as high as ninth when, uh, when, uh, when the race ended, then this, uh, penalty, uh, could have obviously, uh, uh, you know, had, uh, it would have paid off in the end, would it? Because, uh, they would have missed out on the points and they would have ended up, uh, you know, outside of it. But, uh, anyways, um, a bit of a gutsy call. Um, anyways, so the, the decision to actually uh, switch the cars uh, or, or bring them into the pits for dry tires on the formation lap was actually uh, helped uh, in part by one of the team strategists uh, who flew back to the factory after breaking his arm last week. So, I mean, they've had a bit of a tough start um, to 2020, and we have particularly because, uh, you know, <laughs> one key area is they, they have uh, Ferrari power units, and the engines um, for Ferrari uh, just are not very uh, bueno this year. I mean, for uh, Ferrari themselves, works team uh, struggling, Haas struggling, and uh, Alfa Romeo uh, Giovinazzi and uh, and Kimi Räikkönen on the back row of the grid, and uh, really didn't have a, a, a very eventful or very positive uh, Grand Prix as uh, as well. But, anyways, uh, going back uh, to, to to Haas, uh, the the decision uh, to um, you know to to bring the cars in uh, was made. Um, <clears throat> By a fellow by the name of uh, Mike Caulfield, who uh, injured himself uh, the other week in Austria. Anyways, uh, uh, team principal uh, Gunther Steiner said, quote, he's normally at the race, but he fell off his bike in Austria and had to go back for an operation. Uh, in the beginning it was like if you start where we are lined up and you don't do anything different it's difficult to make any games so Kevin wanted to try some wet tires and immediately saw it on the formation lap that it was drying up and then there was a very little chatter between our strategists, one of whom is sitting in England this week because he broke his arm and uh, broke his arm last week so one of the two one is here obviously said at uh, some stage hey let's go dry it's drying up Uh, that's a chance and then it was a very very quick uh, decision to do this they discussed uh, between people and we just did it you know there's no big uh, discussion or anything it would just be a good idea to let's try it you know we have nothing to lose end quote well yeah it, it was a, it was a gutsy uh, decision uh, like I say it could have uh, turned out uh, a lot worse for them had uh, that uh, ruling from the stewards um, come uh, at a point where Magnuson was dropped from 10th uh, to 11 but, but good on them I mean to, to get a single point after uh, you know after the start of the season that they, they've been through you got to take uh, you know what what you can get Yet, uh, because uh, it certainly was uh, not a, a very eventful. Positively, a uh, good uh, start to the season for uh, for for the Haas team. But also, uh, what I was really disappointed with uh, this uh, the, this weekend was uh, was McLaren. Um, they uh, well, let, let's just uh, quickly look at uh, at qualifying. So you had uh, you had the all uh, Mercedes uh, front row lockout. Then you had the two uh, racing points uh, on the second row, which was a fantastic qualifying for them. Third row of the Ferraris, and then you had. Um, sorry, of a fourth, uh, sorry, uh, the, sorry, fourth row of uh, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. And, you know, it was just, um, it, it, it didn't go well for them off the start of the race. And once everything went uh, a little bit crazy in there, and then uh, everybody came back onto the track, some of the cars that got uh, that caught out uh, by some of the traffic coming to the pit lane was uh, Sebastian Vettel, who lost uh, some uh, position, their track position in the pits, but also Lando Norris, who I think dropped down to about P18 or P19 at uh, at one point. So he was well down in the, in, in the racing order there. And uh, obviously that must be a, a extremely uh, difficult and frustrating uh, to see. But then, you know, the McLarens, I mean, being on rows four and five to, to start the grid, I mean, there's a decent uh, considering, uh, I mean, it was a weird weekend weather-wise in Hungary. I mean, uh, w- you can count on one hand the amount of times over the years that we've had wet or, or rainy conditions at the Hungarian Grand Prix. I mean, it just, it, it never happens. But it was weird whether it never really out and out rained. It was just, a, a, you know, light showers or light rains or just some drops here and there and the rain that was uh, threatening to come during the race itself it never really materialized uh, despite uh, you know despite repeated warnings uh, to different drivers um, uh, up and down the grid uh, from, from the pit wall i mean uh, during the TV broadcast uh, they they did show the radar picture but uh, at the end i mean uh, there, there were some spots that showed up on uh, that the helicam cam and the in-car cameras and that that was about it but uh, it, it certainly played enough of a role especially at the the, the start of the race to really kind of flip things uh, up on their head, and and it really was uh, chaotic. But, you know, di- disappointing because, uh, you know, Lando Norris, I thought he had a, a good couple of races uh, to start the year. Carlos Sainz struggled a little bit uh, last week, but I mean, a, a decent result uh, for him today, P9. Uh, but, uh, you know, it uh, it was not quite as good as what, uh, you know, we, we'd come to see over the past uh, couple of, uh, you know, past couple of races. So we'll have to keep an eye on McLaren see how they go at the British Grand Prix in a couple of uh, races. I mean, uh, by the by the time it, uh, it played out, you had Lando Norris. It was uh, in, in P13 behind uh, the Alpha Towery of uh, Danny Kvyat. But uh, another guy that really struggled today was uh, Charles Leclerc. I mean, uh, he, he ended up uh, outside of the point, uh, you know, a lap down. And I, I think actually that we, we should just uh, mention that uh, quickly before we go to the next break. I think it was a real... A poignant moment, uh, during the race when we saw Lewis Hamilton, uh, lapping the, uh, the, the, the Ferraris and, uh, lapping Sebastian Vettel, who was, uh, you know, the, been a, a contender and a rival in the world championship over the past uh, couple of years, obviously not this year and not so much uh, last year, but over 2017, 2018, definitely 2018, um, uh, Vettel was a contender, uh, at least two thirds uh, of the way through the season. And I think it was just uh, one of those real benchmark moments uh, to to see, uh, you know, the Lewis Hamilton lapping Sebastian Vettel there, and uh, it, it really was, you know, kind of brought it home in sort of a stark uh, reality that uh, you know Ferrari has really dropped off the the the, the pace there. I mean, they, they just don't have it in qualifying, they don't have it in the in the race. I mean, you know, credit to uh, Sebastian Vettel. I I think that uh, the the results uh, that he had uh, in in Hungary to come home in sixth place was was pretty decent. I mean. I mean, uh, he, uh, he, he, he didn't have the greatest uh, pit stop. It wasn't the fastest. And then, uh, like I say, he got uh, a, a little bit hung up with all the traffic uh, coming into the pits, uh, what with everybody basically uh, deciding to pit within the the, the same, uh, you know, w- within about a two-lap uh, window there after the the, the the lights went green. But he really fought hard. And I mean, he did not, uh, he, he didn't have it easy necessarily. I mean, he did lock up at one point and was uh, uh, quick, uh, quickly uh, pounced on by uh, Alexander Albon. Who eventually finished a, a, a place ahead of him in in fifth, but still, I think he he fought hard. I mean, compared to you know his teammate uh, Charles Leclerc, finishing outside of the points. But uh, still, I think that um, when they had their first round of uh, pit stops, when they put uh, Charles onto the softs and uh, Sebastian onto the medium tires, that ended up uh, to being the, uh, you know, the, the, the better call, at least at that point in the race. Uh, at, you know, at the end, obviously, the hard tires were the, were the, uh, you know, the, the, the way to go, but uh, Charles really suffered a result of that. And uh, Ferrari, once again, proving that uh, they just don't always make the right calls when it comes to strategies and tire stops and that sort of thing. Anyways, time for another break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, well, welcome back to the show. So another team that uh, was uh, came under the scrutiny of the stewards was uh, Red Bull, and uh, Alex Albon was lucky to keep the, his uh, fifth place at the Hungarian uh, Grand Prix after uh, the, the team was actually cleared of attempting to, to dry his uh, grid spot uh, before the race. So uh, FIA technical delegate, uh, Joe Bauer, notified the race stewards at the Hungaro ring that uh, Red Bull had been using uh, leaf blowers, which uh, they usually use to cool different components on the car, to dry Albon's grid slot uh, uh, following some of the rain uh, before the race. So the teams uh, have been reminded by uh, race director uh, Michael Massey before the race that uh, they're not permitted to artificially uh, uh, dry the track uh, by uh, any uh, any means. So anyways, uh, they did have uh, a meeting with uh, representatives uh, with uh, Red Bull after the race and the stewards had uh, the found afterwards that the team had not actively tried to dry the grid slot as uh, as they were accused of. And this was a little bit different uh, than we heard uh, during the race on uh, the, the Sky Sports uh, TV uh, broadcast because there was uh, some suggestion, some discussion that went back uh, during the commentary that uh, what they were getting uh, from, uh, back from the studio from uh, some of the analysts there was that uh, perhaps that it actually happened. Anyways, under further review, uh, the stewards uh, decide that they did not uh, contravene any of the, um, the, the the rules. And there was a, a bulletin that uh, was um, uh, issued afterwards. It said, quote, the stewards have reviewed the video evidence and came to the conclusion that the competitor did not attempt to alter the grip of the track surface, end quote. So that meant uh, Alex Albon uh, finished uh, fifth place and um, you know, kept the 10 fo- points in the final race uh, classification. And uh, Christian Horner, the team principal, did say afterwards uh, that the, that there, or even before the decision came out, that there was no intention by the team to uh, uh, cheat and uh, dry uh, Albon's uh, grid slot. And he had to say, quote, I don't think there's been anything intentionally done. I haven't spoken with the team manager yet. I hope that's a non-issue, but obviously someone has reported it. So I'll wait to hear from the team manager, end quote. So looked into, uh, it was a non-issue and uh, that would have been of a, a bit of a shame. I mean, uh, Albon, Obviously not as uh, racy as his uh, his uh, his teammate uh, Max Verstappen, but certainly he he had a decent uh, afternoon, a uh, very similar kind of day to to Sebastian Vettel, and I mean those two uh, went back and forth, uh, kind of fighting uh, for quite a while there, and uh, it was a uh, good to see that uh, he didn't lose out uh, because of what would have been a, a bit of a silly um, <laughs> mistake uh, by by his team. Anyways, uh, Max Verstappen uh, feels that uh, his second place at the Hungarian Grand Prix felt like a victory after uh, he felt uh, he would actually miss out on the race, having a a crash on the way to the the, the grid. So he actually crashed his car in the the damp and greasy track conditions on the reconnaissance lap uh, before the race. And this caused uh, damage to the front end of his uh, RB16. So the uh, the team mechanics uh, really rushed uh, to fix his car in the, in the, uh, the the minutes uh, and time up to the the start of the race, and uh, they uh, they actually managed to uh, complete the repairs to his front wing, no suspension, and all the other uh, areas that were damaged, with only just a couple of seconds uh, to spare before the the, the five minute warning cutoff. Uh, anyways, uh, Max had to say, "quote It was now it was not how I wanted it in the beginning, of course, uh, ending up in the barriers on the laps to the grid, but the mechanics did uh, an amazing." jobs to, to fix the car I don't know how they did it but incredible to pay them back with the second place I was very pleased with that the first half was very crucial and from there on I think we had the right calls and we had the good pace we kept uh, doing our own thing and of course to be able to split the two Mercedes cars is good for us end quote and you know I, I couldn't help uh, but 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 cheer on max uh, especially in those uh, last couple of laps uh, just uh, you know knowing that uh, that he had the, the, those issues he had that 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 adversity you know and after having such an unfortunate incident of, uh, of damaging his car uh, before the race uh, started and the team uh, just did like, like Max referred to uh, an absolutely wonderful job uh, under pressure to get out there fix the car when they're literally under the uh, gun and then uh, literally just getting it done with uh, just a couple of seconds to, to spare before the the, uh, the the deadline the five minute warning was uh, uh, you know came into effect uh, I, I think it's a, a phenomenal uh, achievement uh, and uh, somehow that uh, doesn't really surprise me Red Bull they, they always seem to seem to be on point with things like that especially when it comes to race strategy and, and double stacking cars in the pits and things like that so uh, I think that's kind of quite a great uh, achievement for them but uh, it would have been uh, very disappointing for Max obviously to have lost that uh, second uh, spot uh, very late in the race what with uh, uh, Valtteri uh, Bottas uh, you know breathing down his neck uh, the, the the way that uh, he was now I just want to talk uh, before uh, we, we finish off uh, this uh, brief uh, wrap-up uh, this evening about race. Uh, point. So again, after uh, like we saw last week at the the, the Styrian Grand Prix. Renault has uh, protested uh, racing point again after the uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix citing a, a breach of formula 1 uh, sporting regulations over listed parts uh, last week it was the uh, they, they protested the uh, the, the duct uh, design after the Styrian Grand Prix and this has been uh, under investigation the the stewards looked into it last week and uh, ruled uh, that there was um, that, that there was uh, uh, there was enough to uh, warrant uh, an investigation into it and they wouldn't be uh, saying anything further on it until they re- uh, released the, um, the 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 findings of their investigation. So uh, the original outcome of the the, the protest is uh, expected to be heard uh, between the 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 break uh, between uh, Hungary and the British Grand Prix in two weeks. So you know you know keep your eyes peeled and see whether or not uh, that this comes up. So th- this really comes up over to what uh, you know these uh, you know listed parts uh, which uh, are defined as parts that teams must design and build themselves. And uh, you know the, and that this is where you uh, know, they're really fingering the, the, the brake ducts uh, on the, on the RP20 that uh, are, you know, those, uh, you know, they, they should be, uh, uh, you know, designed and built by themselves. And uh, we'll wait and see what happens. And, you know, I, I've kind of thought back and forth about this, about the whole pink Mercedes, you know, this RP20 be, you know, literally a carbon copy of uh, last year's W10. Um, and, and it is interesting if you, you see some, uh, some comparison drawings and you see how they sort of splice together. I mean, they, they obviously look, you know, it's very very similar but you know the dimensions of the two cars that they don't line up uh, com- uh you know completely but still and i've thought about it quite a bit and I- i've I really come here and I- I- to the point where i've thought well if they can uh, design and build the car on concepts that-, that are proven to work then sure why not as long as it's not like a downright photocopy job and complete uh, you know like carbon copy of the uh the the original inspiration or the original source and if they've taken these concepts and applied it to, to their own car and and used it as an inspiration or a model to work with, then I don't particularly have an issue with it at that point. If it comes down to an actual real... Carbon copy of the source material, then that's that. That's a completely different thing. But we'll really have to wait and see what the uh, the the results of this investigation are. Because uh, if those uh, brake ducts, um, you know, actually turn out to to be identical to uh, the the Mercedes parts, then there's obviously an an issue there, (laughs) and um, then they should be uh, punished for that. But uh, it really does make it interesting to to watch the situation because they are a team that are really flying. I I I don't think that anybody expected them. uh, to see them up there, and that's uh, perhaps a uh, part of the uh, the reason for some of these uh, protests. And they, I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, uh, the the fact that Renault keep uh, protesting this. It's just the latest iteration, or the you know the current manifestation of what's going on. And the, I mean, the questions first started coming out way back at winter testing, back in Barcelona in February. So this has been around for for a long time. Until uh, even though they they said that they had uh, you know brought a lot of this uh, to the FIA and the FIA didn't have any issues with it, it really won't be over and done with until everything uh, gets uh, sorted out and ruled on by the stewards uh, once and for all. Anyways, a uh, final uh, story I wanted to cover tonight before I ra- uh, wrap it up is just uh, dealing with uh, the, that as well uh, with the racing points and uh, Mercedes uh, team principal Toto Wolff uh, has actually revealed that the racing p- point cars are actually faster than the, uh, the the works cars in some of the corners uh, at the Hungaro ring which is uh, absolutely uh, mind-blowing. Anyways, uh, Toto I'd say quote all the complaining we heard last year about that the smaller teams are nev- never able to compete for podiums and uh, race wins is being shown. It's absurd because racing point is right up there. They are faster in some corners than we are, and it's a good challenge to to see that. I have no doubt Racing Point will be a hard nut to to crack on some of the circuits for us as well. I'm happy for Racing Point because we were hearing in the past years that the the smaller teams on the smaller budgets are not able to compete at the front. And here we go, somebody with vision and an idea of where to uh, prioritize has managed to really make the jump from the midfield into the top teams. The Racing Point is a podium contender, if not a race-winning contender, going forward. It proves that with the right leadership, the right decision-making process. and the right funding, you can actually accelerate your development curve. So lessons to be learned, and I'm happy to see them there. End quote. And uh, absolutely, I think that uh, that that is an interesting way to, to put it by uh, Total Wolf, and uh, that kind of goes uh, builds a little bit uh, what, what I was trying to say in the uh, in the previous story. Uh, probably a lot more uh, succinct and a lot more uh, eloquently than I was trying to put it. That if a Racing Point has been able to uh, accelerate their development curve and uh, and uh, focus exactly on the areas that they need to improve and they're seeing success for it, then uh, good for them. Anyways, guys, it is getting very, very late here now. It is almost 1 a.m. in the morning. It's time to wrap up. I got to be up in a couple of hours. So thank you so very much uh, for listening and downloading the show. If you want to get in touch, same way as always at f one pod on uh, Twitter or e- email at scuderiaf one pod at gmail.com. And that's a wrap. Look out for the weekly show towards the end of the week. Until then, have a great, great week. Take care, take safe, and talk to you soon. Ciao. thanks for listening to the Skidaria f1 podcast if you want to get the show notes for this episode then head over to skidariaf one podcom want to get in touch with us then email us at scuderia one pod at gmail.com